0: Is it just me or does it sometimes feel like you're stuck on a hamster wheel, working all the time but getting nowhere fast? As a fellow high achiever with big goals, I'm no stranger to that ticking clock in the back of my mind, making me feel rushed and like I'm never making enough progress, no matter how hard I work. My daughter's five and she's already started worrying about being late, and it got me thinking about the expectations we put on ourselves when it comes to time Productivity, and our goals. In this episode of the Bold Life Podcast, we'll dive deep into how our brains learn these standards and expectations in the first place, and I'll share one strategy you can start implementing today to stop feeling constantly behind. Okay, let's dive in. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and neuroscience nerd, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast the podcast for ambitious overachievers and recovering perfectionists who feel stretched thin and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a recovering perfectionist with big career goals, I know how frustrating it can feel to never have enough time in your day or to endlessly procrastinate because you lack the confidence to take action. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and the mental habits that get in our way. Each week, I'll share actionable strategies and guest interviews to help you get relief from your to-do list, build your confidence, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. My five-year-old Allison likes to dawdle. She's inherited a bit of stubbornness from me and her dad, so she likes to do things on her own schedule. The problem is her own schedule is slow, and so I end up prompting her multiple times to get stuff done. Our mornings look a little bit like this. I get up and start making as much noise as possible as I get ready, and I turn on a bunch of lights in the hopes of waking her up. She's like me, and she isn't a morning person, and so it's way easier if she wakes up on her own, then I can avoid the morning monster attitude. But inevitably, that doesn't work. So I spend 10 minutes trying to wake her up while she grumbles at me and says, just a few more minutes. And yes, I'm already dreading her teenage years. Finally, I get her out of bed and it's time to get dressed. She likes to pick out her own outfit, and I'm trying to foster her own style and help her love her body as a future young woman, so I try and be patient, but she stands in her closet and stares at her dresses and gets distracted petting the cat and grumbles a bunch more, and by that time, my patience is wearing out. So I ever so gently encourage her to move a little bit faster because we have to get to school, and she inevitably yells at me for rushing her. We fight some more, and she moves even slower. And this pattern continues for the next hour until we're finally dressed. We've had breakfast and we're out the door. So imagine my surprise last week when I finally get her to the car. We start to drive to school and she asks me, are we going to be late, mom? Uh, whose kid are you? Now you're worried about being late? So I calmly explain that no, mom leaves lots of time. Even if traffic is backed up because of the blizzard of the week here in Calgary, we'll still get her to school on time. And I leave it at that. But the next day, she's worried about being late again. It doesn't make her move any faster in the morning, of course, but once she's in the car, she's stressed about being late, especially if traffic's backed up. And it got me thinking, Allison's only five years old and she's already internalized values and beliefs about hard work, punctuality, and time. Some of that is a good thing. I want her to be respectful of other people's time, Nothing drives me more crazy than that person who's always late. We all have that friend or colleague, right? Who seems to operate totally on their own time and have no clue that others are constantly waiting for them. But I've also been doing a lot of work on my own beliefs and values about success, time, and productivity over the past few years. And it's making me reflect on just how early we start to learn these beliefs that can lead to burnout for high achievers. Think about your typical day. How much time pressure do you feel? Do you feel rushed in the morning like me trying to get everyone to school and work on time? When you get to work, does it feel like there's never enough time to get it all done? That to-do list keeps piling up and never seems to get any shorter. But it's not just the day-to-day where we feel time stress, right? We also fall into the default of always feeling behind in life. Like we should be farther along in our careers, or we should have reached certain milestones in our relationships, or we should be closer to our goals. If that sounds familiar, don't worry, it's totally normal. Because our brains have learned values and beliefs about time, productivity, and success, they keep us focused on where we feel like we're failing or not measuring up, and we don't notice our successes. Let me explain. Our brains are constantly learning. From a young age, we're learning how to understand the world from those around us. In our early years, we learn from our family, and then later from our friends, coaches, teachers, and even the media. What we learn is there's a right way to be successful. In our Western world, that right way is driven by hustle culture the beliefs that we need to hustle, to work all the time, and to be focused on doing more in order to achieve success. The flip side of those beliefs? We feel lazy when we take a break. We worry about being behind. We're constantly focused on what's next, which means our brains stay focused on our mistakes, where we feel we've messed up or failed, or we focus on how far we are from our goals. I read an interesting book by authors Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy called The Gap and the Gain. The authors argue that when we feel like we're failing, that we're not measuring up to these standards or ideals we've set for ourselves, we're stuck in what they call a gap mindset. We're judging ourselves from where we are to where we want to be. The end result? We're always focused on where we're lacking, how far we still have to go. Instead, they argue we should focus on the gain, the progress we've made from where we used to be where we are now. Here's a more practical example. At the end of the day, when you pull out your to-do list, what do you focus on? Do you focus on all the stuff you didn't check off? That's the gap. Or what you did finish? That's the gain. We're coming to the end of 2022. When you reflect back on your year, where does your brain focus? On all the mistakes you've made? How much farther along you thought you'd be this year? You're focusing on the gap. Or do you congratulate yourself on your wins, on the steps you did take this year towards your goals? That focus is the gain. In terms of how our brains work, this makes sense. Our brains are really good at focusing. Yes, even if you feel distracted all the time. But where they focus matters. If you're focused on the gap, where you feel like you're not measuring up, then your brain will always feel behind. But if you can shift that focus to your successes, Remind your brain of those small victories. It can boost your motivation, keep your momentum, and keep your brain on track for your goals because our brains are way more motivated when we're focused on our wins rather than all our mistakes. So here's my challenge for you this week. Do a year-end review and focus on the gain. Focus on your wins. Here's how this works. Take a few minutes and write down all your wins from this year, the things that went well. Projects you completed, successes around home with your family, family vacations, strides you've made towards maybe new hobbies or your health. Are you exercising more, for example? Have you started reading more than you used to? Write down all those small victories. By writing down those successes, they'll be more impactful for your brain. Plus, once you get started, you might be surprised how many more wins you notice. It only takes a few minutes. But this shift to celebrating your successes, rather than reviewing the year and feeling like a failure because you didn't achieve all your goals, will boost your momentum into the new year. This episode is brought to you by my Time Freedom Toolkit. This neuroscience-based productivity toolkit will help you focus your daily priorities, stay on track, and get more done every day so you can actually enjoy your holidays without that giant to-do list hanging over your head. All for just $27. You can learn more at drnicolebyers.com forward slash toolkit. That's drnicolebyers.com forward slash toolkit. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Remember, our brains love to focus on the ways we feel like we're failing, how we're not measuring up, but that focus keeps us feeling constantly behind and rushing all the time. Start 2023 with a productivity-focused mindset by celebrating your wins when you do your regular yearly review. You'll boost your momentum and be more likely to achieve your 2023 goals. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and this is the Bold Life Podcast.